Welcome to the podcast of Medora Pentecostal Church. We are a growing community of believers committed to bringing hope and building lives. We pray today's message is a blessing to you. chapter 16 verse 20 and brought them to the magistrate saying these men being Jews do exceedingly trouble our city and teach customs which are not lawful for us to receive neither to observe being Romans and the multitude rose up together against them and the magistrates rent off their clothes and commanded to beat them and when they had laid many everybody say many many stripes upon them wounded them they cast them into prison charging the jailer to keep them safely who having received such a charge thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks and at midnight Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God and the prisoners heard them and suddenly there was a great earthquake so that he, so that the foundation of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bands were loosed and the keeper of the prison awakening out of his sleep and seeing the prison doors open He drew out his sword and would have killed himself supposing that the prisoners had been fled. But Paul cried with a loud voice saying, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas and brought them out. Everybody say, brought them out and said, Sir, what must I do to be saved? This ain't only a conversion, but this is a conversion of the opposition. And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved in thy house. And they spake unto him the word of the Lord and to all that were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night, and somebody say, Washed their stripes and was baptized he and all his house straightway and when he had brought them into his house he set meat everybody say he set meat before them and rejoiced believing in God with all his house I'm going to preach from this thought the posture that brings healing the posture that brings healing. Would you lift your hands with me? Let's ask the Lord to help us in this place today. I love you, God. You're great. You're mighty. You're excellent. Your name is so powerful. I love you because you're holy and I feel you in this place today. God, there is none like you. Your presence is in this place to heal and to deliver. We bind every spirit of doubt, fear, confusion, every spirit that exalts itself above your knowledge. We take authority over it right now in the name of Jesus. We lose faith power, peace, understanding let revelation flow and we'll give you praise for it in Jesus wonderful name would you put your hands together and shout to Jesus 
Come on, why don't you clap your hands and lift your voice above that hand clap. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I am absolutely convinced that one of the greatest uh, giftings and fruits that you can have, because it is both, is faith. Faith is so important that it is on both sides. It's the fruit of the Spirit and it's part of the gifts of the Spirit. Faith is something that you and I lean upon. Now, when I was a young man, I believed faith was the lame walking, the dumb talking. I see that miracle every day. The blind seeing. I used to think that faith was always something supernatural taking place, but now I'm just a hair older, just a little older, and I understand there is much more to faith than just a supernatural miracle. In fact, when you look at the Bible, you will find that the writer of Hebrews defined faith as the substance of things and the evidence of things. It's the interval between the problem and the miracle. It is faith that puts a posture of fight into people. Y'all there? We must learn how to contend for the faith. Faith is something that is being challenged as we stand here or worship in this place tonight. And one of the most tragic things that happened is the same thing that Jesus prayed against, that when failure comes in the lives of people, the thing that they do is abandon their faith. Jesus told Simon Peter, he said, Simon, you're going to fail me. You're going to mess up. But he said, when you fail, don't let your faith fail. Because there's elements that come with faith. What was Jesus telling Peter not to allow it to fail? If you were to look that word up, you're there. I know I'm a little slow, but I promise you I'll get moving here in a minute. If you were, if you were to look that faith up, you would find that there was three elements that he was speaking of. The first one is conviction. Peter, when you fail, don't let your convictions fail. Because the truth of the matter is when failure comes in our lives, the first thing we want to question is not the action that caused the failure, but the convictions that were supposed to prevent the failure. And you can never, you can never abandon words of prophecy, preach words in your life that God has given you and keep your faith. Listen to this preacher tonight. If you've abandoned any convictions in your life, faith is not going to prevail in your life. If you're going to make it in this fight, you must have a prevailing faith that keeps the power of conviction. 
Come on. See, you don't understand tonight. I didn't walk in this place and worship God out of tradition. I've worshiped God out of my conviction, knowing that he's greater than every situation in my life. Do you realize love brings great conviction? You don't believe that? Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Come on, somebody. You cannot have a relationship with anyone and there not be rules and there's not be commitments. We must value the conviction that God has given us. When I got in church, my grandmother told me there's three things you better understand. She said, the first thing is, Nathan, she said, you better understand repentance is a gift and not a curse. She said, take advantage of God's goodness and God's blood. If God's ever forgiven you once, he can do it again. Wake up in the morning repenting. Go to bed at night repenting. Repenting is a gift. It's not a curse. Number two, she said, when you repent, believe that God will forgive you and turn away from it. She said, don't rely on tears. Don't rely on emotions. You just trust that when you repent and turn from that, that God will forgive you. And she said, Nathan, the most important thing for you ever to learn is you need to learn how to worship God. She said, did you catch what I said? I'll never forget her, her voice raging. Did you catch what I said? She said, learn how to worship God. She said, because in life, you're not going to feel like it. In life, Life. You're not going to see an answer in life. You're going to think things are over, but you need to learn. So when you don't feel it, you still know how to do it. See, I've come to tell somebody you need a renewal of conviction back in your worship again. It ain't good enough for you to show up in church and not give God his due. It's not good enough for us together under the, uh, under the roof of this great, beautiful church and not understand that God is great and greatly to be praised. Come on, somebody. You want to know why I sing a hallelujah? Because the storm couldn't make me detour. You want to know why I sing hallelujah? Because when hell thought he had me, God stepped up and saved me. Somebody say, hold on to your conviction. The next element of faith was the faith that Peter had with himself. Because when you fail God, you're going to question yourself. One of the most tragic things that we are dealing with today is two spirits in the North American church. The one, you can't preach it out. Somebody can't pray it off of you. It's entitlement. Entitlement will only be changed when the person that is entitled finds a place of repentance and crucifies their, their pride and their flesh. And the second one is offense. We are fighting offense. People getting offended over the craziest things when the air's not on a certain temperature. I had a lady one time come in and she told me she had gotten out of the choir, which I know. And I was saying, oh, I'm so sorry. I was trying to be kind because she was around about 20, 30 people sitting on the second row after a service on a Sunday morning. And I was trying to be all nice. Well, I'm sorry. I love you. She said, no, I want to tell you why. And, I, and it just the Holy Ghost. It was the Holy Ghost. It was the holy righteousness of God that got a hold of me. And, it, and, and you say, no, it ain't. Oh, yes, it is. Yes, it is. The Bible says mark them. So I just looked at her. I said, no, I don't even want to hear it from you. 
I said, you've lost all influence with me. I said, because you've not done this once, twice, three times. I've been here years. I've been here at that time. It was a couple of years ago. I've been there 12 years. I've been here 12 years, and you've done this a dozen to 20 times that you've gotten out of there. I said, your problem is right when you get back on, the first thing you're going to do is go grab the microphone and be one of the key singers because you're entitled to it. I said, if you really cared, you'd have stayed in that choir. You would have been faithful to practice, which you don't know I get a role when you're not faithful how in the world are you an example of what the choir should look like and you can't even be faithful to the choir here's what I you say man you shouldn't talk to people well some people need to be talked to like that because the truth of the matter is we are fighting offense and everybody gets offended over the smallest of things and I'm going to tell you what happens with entitlement and offense. It'll start making you question every prophecy that's been spoken over your life. Every time a preacher that's come and preached a sermon that ended up in your address at your house when you thought the pastor had told let me tell you something, pastors got a lot better things to do than talk about you. When I leave the church, the last thing you last my life, the last thing I want to talk about is the church. <laughs> Hallelujah. And I've done got the preaching in this place. <laughs> but you'll you sit there and you'll allow that offense and entitlement to get a hold of you. And you'll start questioning everything that's ever been spoken in your life. And you'll start questioning every prophecy. And we are dealing with unbelief because we've raised a generation that's been faithful to God through seasons of trouble. And now they've seen things that have entered the hearts of their kids and their families. And they're wondering, is God even anywhere to be found? Can I tell somebody in this place, those that endure to the end, the same shall be saved. Let me tell you what Paul told Timothy. He said, Timothy, there's two things you better understand right now. He said, you better understand you're going to have to endure hardness and you better not get entangled with the affairs of this life because if you ever, if you ever think you're going to be tested, you're going to be tested today. Come on, you want to know why the faith of this church has been challenged? It's because this is a house of refuge. This is a place of healing. This is a place of power. This is a place of anointing. This is a place of destiny. This is a place with a word from God on it. Come on, you're not, there's not a devil in hell that's got more power than what the God of this house has got. I'm hurrying. I'm hurrying. Offense, offense. It'll make you question yourself. People are sitting back. Well, pastor, if I, if, 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 if I really was this, why in the world is this going on? If, if, if God really wanted to use me, why is this happening in my life today? Could I, could I get you to do one thing? Could I just get you to lift your hands and say, God, refresh me in the Holy Ghost. Refresh my commitment. Refresh and renew my heart. Renew my passion. Renew my spirit. I, I, I look at your bishop. Your bishop, I don't know how old he is, but my God, he seems like he's been around since Methuselah. And I ain't being disrespectful. But you want to know what? He's got as much energy and a much passion and zeal that he had the first time I met him. He's traveling all over the world doing the things that young men do because this is what his mentality is. If I've got a pulse, God's not through with me. Okay. I'm about 
to do a test because I don't know if some of you got one. I'm fixing to ask your neighbor to reach over and make sure you got a pulse. Because what I want you to understand, if, if you are in this building tonight, God's not through with you. He's 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 not through with you. I don't care where you fit on the age bracket. He's not through with you. I don't care where you are in your family. He's not through with you. Now, can, can, can I, I know I need to get to preaching where I'm supposed to be, but isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing? This preaching we have done and learned today is we have learned how to motivate and push carnal buttons and get a carnal result. We've learned how to communicate without preaching. Now, I'm sorry. I'm old school. I know I'm young, but I'm old school. I still believe preaching's preaching. And you're not preaching if you're not confronting. If people don't have to make a decision, you have not preached. And here's what the preaching has turned into. It's turned into that we have petted your struggle so long that you think it's natural to struggle. So instead of being delivered, you start snuggling with your struggle. You own it. Oh, they know how I am. Oh, they know what I think. Yeah, but your problem is, do you know what God thinks? <laughs> okay. We snuggle with it and we quit. Oh, man, you're just going to have to deal with it. This is the real me. This is the real me. This is the real me. Oh, God, help us today. And we have learned how to snuggle because the third element that God, that Jesus was dealing with Peter is that he, he looked at him and said, not only you can't abandon your conviction, not only can you not abandon the things that I've spoken over your life, but number two, you've got to renew your faith in me and trust me. Trust me. We got a lot of people that want to walk on water, but not enough people that want to trust him. It's amazing. Peter walks on water. I'm talking about the dude walked on water. Like he got out of the boat. Y'all understand what I'm saying? Like I know I speak Balkan villain from, from West Monroe, but he like got out of the water and walked on it. And somewhere he got divided. His attention went from walking to Jesus to seeing what the wind was doing and the waves were boisterous. And he started sinking. He started drowning. And he sticks his hand up and he cries out, Lord, save me. And he got close enough to Jesus that Jesus reached down and picked him up and saved him and then rebuked. Because God would rather you trust him than walk on water. See, some of us, we're battling with the trust of God. We're challenging the integrity of this holy God. We say, why has this happened to me? What is going on in my life? Can I tell you today, questions are not wrong. Jesus, Jesus asked the question, why hast thou forsaken me? But just a few sentences later, the Bible said he commanded his spirit. 
the wine never got in the way of the command. The truth of the matter is we've all got questions in this place. Me and my wife were talking about church situations on the way down here. And I told her, I said, that just don't make any sense. Why them? Why would they have to go through that? Why would that happen to them? Why would this take place in their life? And I don't have the answers for that. But I can tell you, you better learn how to command your spirit. Prisons, I found prison cells are more frequent in the church than the jailhouse. Prisons, prisons have become places of apathy and complacency. I pastor a great church. I look around and see prisons all through our sanctuary. People doing something because really they just always done it. But they've lost their passion for it. Can I tell you the eyes of the Lord has been upon this church. You hear me today? I said the eyes of the Lord has been upon this church. What God has seen, he is impressed with. This church has got a unique ability. The Lord spoke this to me, Bishop, that this church has not spoken or prayed out of their pain, but they have spoken and prayed from their promise. Some of you, and I know you don't understand, maybe you don't understand what I'm saying. Some of you, have been through so much trouble in your life. I can feel it all through this place. You think I'm talking about one, but I'm talking about multiple things. Trouble. But you have yet to bow your knees and compromise to what God has spoken over your life. And through your grief, your posture has been one that has gotten the attention of God tonight. Can you imagine, can you imagine Paul and Silas being beaten for preaching? Listen, listen. Most of the fussing and griping that I have taken on in my life, I've been the cause of it. There's nobody that can say anything. This might be a cuss word here. I hope it's not. Any stupider than what I say behind the pulpit sometimes. I've said things and, and most of my problems, I've caused a lot of them myself. You there? But man, have you ever not done anything and the problem come and all you did was love, care, submit, Believe, trust, try to be faithful. Come on, you're there. Paul and Silas said all they were doing was preaching. I mean, I'm getting ready to turn my card in if this is what's going to take place. All they were doing was preaching. Are you there tonight? They took them and beat them and put many stripes upon them. And the Bible said that they got one jailer and said, look, do not let this guy's 
get, get, get out of here. They were afraid. They had heard about the prison breaks before. They had heard about how God showed up for them before. They put them in the innermost parts of the, of the prison and they put stocks upon their feet. And they said, we got these dudes right where we want them. But their posture was a little bit different. It wasn't the posture of someone that had been beaten. It was a posture of someone that believed God could turn the prison cell into a harvest field. Oh God, y'all need to help me right now. And can you imagine with fetters on their feet, chains upon their hands, in the darkness of the most inner part of the prison with criminals that they didn't even deserve to be with, that them guys decided to turn the prison cell in, not a complaint session, but into a prayer meeting. I'm... I'm telling you, a posture of prayer can change everything. Their posture of prayer turned into singing. Oh, God, and I know, I'm going to tell you right now, they wasn't like Brother Gill or, or, or Pastor or, 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 or Brother Timothy or, 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 or Brother David and, and, and some of you guys. They couldn't sing, man. They sung like I sung. Or I sing. They, they, they couldn't carry a tune in a bucket and their prayer turned into singing. And I dare not even, I know what they sung. I'm kidding. Okay, I'm kidding. Y'all laugh. That might not have been funny, but do not, I'm the guest. You're not supposed to make me feel awkward. <laughs> and here they are singing. And I mean, them guys, I remember, I was, I was, I, I, I can't tell that story. Oh, Lord Jesus. I would at home, but I'm not going to do that today. <laughs> oh, I want to so bad. No, 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 no. I better not. Can you imagine these dudes praying? Can you imagine these dudes singing? Prisoners looking around saying, these guys have lost their mind. Look what this has gotten them. But the Bible teaches us that at midnight, something that they caused, moved in that prison oh God and I'm telling you your posture your posture the posture of this church the posture of this church has gotten the attention of God and I know I know I know I know I know I'm not communicating this as well or preaching this as well as I should but I'm telling you there is a presence that has linked itself up with this church and through your pain God has saw your posture and God has said, you know what? You didn't even feel like being faithful, but you were. You didn't feel like coming to prayer meeting, but you did. You didn't feel like singing, but you hadn't stopped. You don't have all the answers, but you're still worshiping the one that does. Come on, somebody. Let me tell you what I feel, what I feel, what I feel. Oh, God, I feel this so strong in the spirit. The spirit of John the Baptist is in this place. Come on, I'm gonna tell you, it's a great spirit. It's, a, it's an anointing, and I know some of you might argue with what I feel right now, but let me tell you what was so powerful about 
about John the Baptist because when he was in prison, guess what? He had questions. Did I do everything in vain? Was I preaching and pointing to the right one? And he sent some men to Jesus and said, I want you to ask him. I want you to ask him if he's the one or should we look to another? See, here's why your posture has impressed your creator because you didn't go outside of him. You haven't understood why, but you've lifted your hands up and say, I don't know why, but God, I'm going to ask you. You haven't gotten bitter. Your posture has led to prayer. Your posture has led to praise. And the invasion that the enemy has put upon you, sickness, trouble, chaos, division, all the things that have attacked your families. Can I tell you, God is about to lift up a standard. And he's about to invade the territory that it looked like the enemy had claimed. Here's what I see in the Holy Ghost. When Paul and Silas began to pray, the Bible said there was an earthquake came and the shakening. It did not cause harm to the prayer or to the praise. All it did was open the door to the harvest. Are you there? Can I tell this church, listen, I'm not looking. I'm going to close my eyes and preach right now. I want you to understand all the things that you've been through. God wants it to produce the greatest harvest. Y'all there tonight? It wants it to produce the greatest harvest. That Medora, Indiana, the United States, what's going to happen when God decides to reign in this place? He Oh, we're insignificant. Oh, no, you're not. This is a house of favor today. This is a house of favor. The Bible said that that jailer cried out, would have done himself harm, but Paul said, we're still here. And you want to know what happened? That jailer took him to his house. And the Bible said, the Bible said that that man took some something and begin to wash the wounds of Paul and Silas. There's a healing coming to this church. It's already begun, but it's coming to you that's been the center of attention of pain. <laughs> y'all, y'all not hearing me. I feel it so I feel it deep down in my bones right now. You don't, Pastor, you just don't know. I can't get over this. Oh, yes, you can. Because one day your pain is going to be turned in such a harvest that the very essence of what caused it, you're going to see God move in such a powerful way. See, here's what we think. Here's what we think. We think our healing is in another counseling session or a bottle of pills or the ability to forget what happened. No, our healing, the church's healing, has always been in the power of the harvest. It's always been when God's glory shows up in the middle of our pain and people are converted and we hold a banner that God is faithful. We might have wounds, but God 
is faithful. We might not understand everything, but God is faithful. Come on, come on, somebody. Here they are. Here they are, here they are. Thomas, Thomas, I, Thomas said, I gotta see the wounds. I gotta see the wounds. I, I gotta see the wounds. And can I tell somebody in this building, you listen, the only way you break the spirit of addiction, the only way you break the spirit of infirmity, the only way you break those things is if you wrestle with it. And if you conquer it through prayer and you conquer it through praise. Come on, somebody. Brother Barnes, I don't know if you heard him. Brother Barnes, T.W. Barnes from Minden. He's in our area. I was very fortunate as a young man to have T.W. Barnes speak to us on many occasions. He was a man of faith. He was a prophet from God. When I said prophet, I mean he was a seer. He could see into the future. He, didn't just, he just didn't discern that fat people had knee pain. Okay, y'all get that tomorrow. Evangelist come to our church and had, we had a man that was probably 535 pounds and he said, you got heart disease, you got heart problems. I'm thinking, hey, bro, come, come with something better than that. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's a joke what the gifts have come into. He was a seer. He could see. and He could confront. And I'll never forget us asking Brother Barnes, how did you get there? He said, well, he said, I was 12 years old. He said, I was holding my sister, and she was dying. And we were thinking, he prayed the prayer of faith at 12 years old. He said, I watched her die in my arms. And he started, he said, then I watched this one die, and I watched this one die. And he said, I pushed myself to pray. You could go where he prayed today and you would find the evidence that he would look like he was there yesterday morning. He's been gone for years. He said, I learned my faith through my trouble. Oh, my God. Man, I feel it settling right now on this place today. I don't understand, Pastor. I don't understand. How do you learn? How do you learn that? The Bible teaches us that the trial of our faith is much more precious than gold. What God sees when he looks at his people. How in the world do we save a world that we can't relate to? How do we preach healing if we don't have to go through the hospital or through the doctor? How do we preach? How do we preach that God is a deliverer if we haven't had to walk through the nightmares of trouble? And I know some of you say, well, that's not. Oh, yes, it is. Oh, yes, it is. I look at people in our church, and I promise you I'm coming. Come help me tonight. I look at people in our church. We got, we got a young man there by the name of Eddie. Eddie. You know, we had two Eddies. We had one Eddie we had prayed through like two years before, prior. Then we had another Eddie. And when I, he come in church high half the time. And our people, man, he was nuts. I mean, he was nuts. The only thing that helped us was we had about 200 other people that was nuts. 
I mean, I want to put a sign on the door. Wait till one crazy leaves before another crazy enters. Eddie was, Ed, man, I'd get so many complaints. I just said, don't worry about it. He's going to get it. And I'm telling you, we called the Eddie, we called the, he would come in and you could hear him. He announced himself when our bus would pick him up. He'd swing the doors and he would, this was his opening statement to the halls of our church when the doors opened for him, when the ushers opened the doors. Oh, it's on today, baby! I know, I know some of you starts people and see that's your problem. It ain't ever been on for you in about 30 years. I'm, I don't went from teaching the sun teaching Sunday school to preaching. It's on right now. And you'd hear him walking down the hall, he'd be dancing. He'd dance so much his sweat, man. He would, I'm talking about he was he was doing all that. And, and I'm telling you, people was grabbing their We had one old, probably the meanest lady you ever met. She just, she just every once in a while she'll do this while I'm preaching, and I'll look her right now and I'll go. I'll say, man, I know, I know, I know. You're thinking, God, you, 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 you that didn't get him a card, you're gonna go get your pastor a card. come in and we got so I remember I remember I had an aunt man she was at brother Dean's bless her little heart she 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 didn't like nothing she was in our family she'd come in my grandmother has kicked her out of her house a hundred times for talking bad about the church I mean they'd be playing Kanaska y'all know what Kanaska is it's the devil game anyway Kanaska <laughs> they'd be playing Kanaska and all of a sudden my grandmother said well you can leave no I mean leave right now we don't do that here and she'd leave, but she, we had this, we had prayed through this drug, drug addict. He was a family counselor, and he was hooked on drugs. <laughs> Seriously. And he had, a, he had a ponytail down to the bend of his knees, and we prayed him through. Well, he didn't cut that ponytail. I mean, it took years for it to grow. And he thought he was Samson's without the muscles. And he was not going, he was not going, he was not cutting that. And that dude would run around the aisles. And man, it would make my aunt so mad. I can't believe he's running. I want to say, well, I can't believe you're sitting. Okay, I don't got, man, I'm messing this sermon up. And I'll never forget, I was dancing, man, I, we were grooving. And we had moved into our new build, and I just went back to visit for a service. And here's old Stacy. He's got, he's got, he's got the, he's got the ponytail down to his knees. And we, in our new building, it's fan shaped, but they got risers that go up. And my aunt had found her seat right on that riser. And Stacy took off running. When he took off running, he turned that corner, and that ponytail <laughs> hit her right in the mouth. You talk about God justice. Y'all going to think I'm lying when I tell you this. He's pastoring a home missions church up north somewhere. But listen to me. It wasn't a week or two he shaved his head. I think God didn't let him shave that ponytail until it put it in her mouth. 
Y'all think. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Y'all, y'all like. And, and what you don't understand is, man, you can sit back and you can allow all this world to affect you and you become the critic and you can start speaking out of your pain or you can do what has moved God over this church and you can continue the posture of prayer and you can continue the posture of praise and God says, I'm going to let a harvest step in this building. People you've been praying for for years, families that you never thought would be saved, neighbors that said they would never come. Can I tell there's a healing coming to this service to this church it's coming through the harvest it's coming through the harvest and I, I, I wish there was some way I could send this picture I could see I could I could send this I started this this time clock I never even put or didn't never start it that's that's good isn't it I'm almost, I promise you, I'm getting there. I, I, I wish I could, I wish, I wish I could show you this picture. This is Wednesday night, me preaching. And there's three drug heads right there that we've prayed through. And Shelly, look, they're not rich people. They're not, our bus still picks up a couple of them. They're not rich people. One of them just got a, a vehicle just a few months ago and started driving himself. One of our church people went and paid for his license for him to get it. They're not rich people, but you don't know what this means to me. My wife texted me and said, you got an army. Look at, the, look at your saints that are standing around you. See, because I know we can get so caught up in the ones that don't want it and the ones that don't care about it, but I'm telling you, there's an overwhelming, some of you don't even know what God's about to do in your life. You don't, I know you can't even think it right now. Pastor, you just don't know what I've been through. You just don't know what's been going on in my life, my family. You just don't know what's happening right now. I don't know if I can believe. Yes, you can. You wouldn't be here tonight if you couldn't believe again. Wouldn't be here tonight. Something motivated you. Something got in your heart. Something got in your step. Something got in your spirit. Something got in you that made you walk in this building. You might not have only felt comfortable to lift your hands this far up, but I'm telling you that's the start. And I believe before we leave this place tonight, they're going to be all the way up. I promise you I'm closing with this. Remember, when I, took, when I took over our church, I know we're live, but I'm, I've done got where I don't give a rip. Forgive me. Somebody said, boy, that's mean. No, you know, we, we, we camouflage everything nowadays. But when I took our church, we were 65000 behind on the mortgage, negative 18000 a tie. We didn't have a dollar to our name. It didn't go well. Next thing I know, we were getting lawsuits. We didn't even know about them. We had a lawsuit, and then the former pastor decided to sue us. I'll never forget, I got a little office in my house. It don't have no windows. I told Shelly, Shelly looked in, and I, I was so weak and frail. My emotions were gone. I couldn't even, I didn't even know what she looked. She said, are you okay? I said, well, I'm going to my office. I laid down on that little couch in that office, and I was fixing to put my charge before the Lord. You put me in this mess. You called me here. And every time I tried to complain, I started remembering of a miracle. And before long, all the complaints turned into praise. And I went from laying on that 
on my back to on my face in that floor. And I remember the presence of God come in that room. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, see what happens when you start elevating me. When you start remembering the things that I've done in your life. And you start praising me. I start drawing near to you. I challenge this church tonight. I challenge you. Allow this season. Give God this season of this church. Elders, put your hands back on the plow again. Can I say something and be as respectful as I am? Get, get out of the cheap seats. I appreciate you being here every service. But there's an intercessory prayer meeting trying to take place in this place. There's a depth of prayer that God's trying to put back into it. Did you see all these students up here tonight? There is something deep, 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 trying to take place. And can I tell you today, listen to this preacher right now. There is not an excuse not to be a part of prayer and praise. There's something new taking place in this place. Musicians, would you come? Would you help me out tonight? Would you just lift your hands up right where you are right now? Come on, could we pray in the Holy Ghost just for a few moments? Thank you for joining us today. We pray you have been encouraged. If you would like more information about Medora Pentecostal Church, you can check out our website at www.medorachurch.com.